everyone. Welcome to episode 92 of the Scouting Pantate Podcast. I'm Jason Ackerman. I'm Olivia Wolf. Oh, Yvonne's not here. Olivia's here. I'm Yvonne Ackerman. <laughs> that was a really good Yvonne impression. We have Olivia, uh, co-founder of Updog Kombucha, uh, Jew. What else do I need to say about you? Um, I'm newly blonde. Newly blonde. <laughs> Uh, boyfriend dating a supermodel, Eric. Yeah, that's that's true. <laughs> <laughs> what else is there to know? Um, second time on the Scallion Pancake podcast. Very excited about I'm that. Honored, honored to be here. Um, you got to talk a little bit closer. Okay. There we go. How's that? Perfect. Um, okay, we have a lot to talk about. So, not only is Olivia a fellow Jew, she spent a semester in Copenhagen. When she was in college. And she's like, how old are you, 18? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'll actually be 25 on Thursday. Oh. Today is Tuesday Oh, so by the time reference. you hear this, by the time you hear this, she'll be, she'll already be 25. Are you having a quarter-life crisis? What's happening? I'm already leg deep in the quarter-life crisis. Okay, good. Have you bought a Corvette or something? No, but I'm working on it. <laughs> awesome. But she, so she spent a... Semester in Copenhagen. She's been to Blue Hill. We went to Hawkers. She loves Phil Rosenthal. What else is there to talk about? So we have a... Buckle uh, your seatbelts, everybody. Buckle your seatbelts. <laughs> we might be here for three hours. So I think we should start with Copenhagen. Okay. Great um, place to start. So how did you pick studying abroad in Copenhagen? Um, so I was actually pre-med in college, um, and I needed to go somewhere that taught classes in English. Um, so the choices were basically... London, uh, Australia. Where losers go. Where yeah, losers go. Total losers. Yeah. Um, Australia, which, which would have been cool, um, or Copenhagen. And I just thought Copenhagen was a great location, not only because I had not been there before, but because I wanted to um, travel within Europe as well um, on weekends and when we had breaks. So I chose Copenhagen, and it was. One of the best decisions I've made. Um, it was just okay. So, great. what did you know about Copenhagen before you went? Um, almost nothing. I knew that everyone is tall, blonde, and beautiful. Yeah, and I'd stick out like a little sore thumb. Yeah, um, and they love candy, and <laughs> Danish is a hard language, and they eat a lot of potatoes, and it gets dark really early in the winter, and that's about it. But um, there's a lot more to Copenhagen and Scandinavia than meets the eye. Yeah. 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 I think the only thing I didn't realize how great the food was. Yeah. So we went the first time in 2015. Um, so what year were you there? I, w- I was in 2014. 2014. So you're a year before us. So we went because we, we were doing a Europe trip and I, I, we were going to Greece and I'd already been to Greece and we we're going to Paris. I already been to Paris. And I want to go someplace new. And I just knew that Noma was there. Mm-hmm. That's all I knew. I knew. It. So and I was like, oh, we'll just go to Noma. I was like, and then we made it. I tried to like make a reservation two weeks before, and uh-huh. yeah, basically the website was just like, haha, <laughs> you're not <laughs> making a reservation two weeks before at Noma. But so we ended up going there and we fell in love with it. We went in November, like middle of November. So wow, it was already almost cold. Almost getting dark. Yeah. So it was already cold, but it was just, it felt like a fairyland, like the just the architecture, the. I love the architecture because everything is low. It uh, yeah. nothing can be above a certain height in the city, so it feels very quaint. It be- feels like a cot- like like you're going back in time and you're in like 
a little cottage town. Yeah. But yeah, there's a, there's a lot about Copenhagen that is awesome. So I lived in, um, a neighborhood called Ama and it was very close to the center city. And I lived with Danish graduate students. Um, they were all a little bit older than me and they really helped me out learning Danish. I had to take Danish class. So they helped me out. Okay, Danish seems confusing as shit, the way they speak. Like, I can't understand it. It's, it's very I can't difficult. read it. I oh, can't read it. Nothing is phonetic because when in, in Danish, there's a lot of different letters. They have more letters than we yeah. have. And then also... They have like an upside down B. They have, like the D sounds like an L. Yeah. And so anywhere there's a D, you make the what we think of as the L noise, but they think of it as a TH noise. So it's it's really difficult to learn. Um, but there's a lot of, um, tricks when you are an American to kind of like when I first got on the Metro, I was listening for my stop, which is spelled Amager, A-M-A-G-E-R. So I'm listening, listening. Okay. I'm like, where's, where's my stop? Where's my Amager? Yeah. never came. But then like, I, I happened to be next to someone who said like, Oh, this is the AMA stop. And I was like, okay, so you just don't pronounce the second half of that word? Cool. <laughs> nice. <laughs> you just don't even say it. Yeah, and you made fun of me because I said Nyhaven. Oh, that is just bad. Is it Nyhaven? No, it's New Hound. Oh, shit. Way <laughs> off. Nyhaven. Yeah, I could not. And like, <laughs> I'm sorry, our Danish listeners, I'm very sorry for what I just did. So, like, um, the neighborhood where Noma is is called Christian's Hound. Yeah. Not Christian Haven. Yeah. Um, and Hound means harbor. That H O N. So like New Hound is New Harbor. Okay, so if there, if you're just visiting Copenhagen, and you have three days. Okay. First time. Okay. What would you tell someone to do? Okay, I would tell them to go to the center city and go to the Torve Helena, which is the yes. the glass market. Um, lots of indoor only food only open stalls. in the summer. Is it? Yeah. Huh. I didn't even know that. They have a lot of food stalls. Um, it's, it's really cool. It's like the walls are kind of Actually, I shouldn't say it's only open in the summer. Most of the stuff's only open in the summer. I think like the okay. stuff inside the glass, but like... Yeah, there's have, outside portions too. That, yeah, that aren't open. Um, I would say go to the street in um, Nurebro, which is called Jägersbergale, which is the street where Relay is. Yeah. Um, and Grill is there. Um, Grill is like a famous kind of restaurant that serves just Grill, which means porridge um, or oatmeal. So they have all kinds of sweet and savory oatmeals. Uh, it's like for any time of so, day. So that place is now a chain. Like there's is a it? bunch of them now. Wow. Yeah. So that's like, a, and they even like sell their porridge. Oh, no in way. Like a well, to-go thing. There is a Grill in the glass market. Yeah. And then they have their first location on Yagersbrook Ale, which is a great little cute street um my third thing i would say go to oh there's so many places to go um eastland's brook is like a harbor you can jump off this structure into the harbor and i yeah. did it in august and the water was very cold but it was very fun yeah so another thing in copenhagen everybody swims every day in the harbor and there's a bunch of little like channels too so like literally everybody like all Danish people swim once a day, normally in the morning, but you'll see like all the kids in the summer, they'll be like hanging out in the harbor, like 
tits out. Yeah. <laughs> we saw oh some dicks. Oh my god. <laughs> it was very exciting. Jeez, I didn't expect. I think I liked that. the dits more than Yvonne did. I was like, oh, this is exciting. Welcome to Europe. But yeah, it's just like <laughs> everyone have this experience. <laughs> they just love because the summer, you know, it, they have a short summer there because it's so far north and it's cold. So when they when they can take advantage of the summer, they do, and it's it's so much fun. I would definitely say like, I normally don't say to go to Europe in July because it's freaking hot everywhere and it's so touristy. Copenhagen is lovely. Yeah, Copenhagen is the exact opposite just because it's very like mild, high seventy. It's not a tourist destination, like a mainstream tourist destination. So, you know, they have tourists there, but it never feels super crowded. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's, they've got museums. They've got a cool yeah, art uh, museum, a kunst. Yeah. Museum. That's how you say art in Danish. <laughs> like you thought I didn't know Danish. <laughs> um, but I would say in general, it's such a small town, which is cool. Like you can basically walk the whole thing in a day. Yeah. And we have multiple times. Yeah. I had a bike um, when I was there. So this and is... And everybody bikes. Like everybody they, bikes. Like they have bike lanes that are... And they're not wimpy bike lanes. Like they're, they're structured. No, no. Like, they're like streets. They yeah. have a whole biking street system that's just for bikes. Like no cars can go on them. And there's lights. There's actually traffic there's lights, lights yeah. and for it's, these things. If, it makes you feel much safer, even though you're biking in a crowd of hundreds of people. Like so literally everybody bites there. Like I was, everybody bites there. I was um, in the commuter crowd when I would bike to class. And it's, I mean, it's oh, intense. It's intense. It's intense. People ring their bell at you. And if, oh, you, yeah. if you don't move over, like you're getting, you're getting pushed off. But every, all the Danish people have been biking forever and they just look really blonde and beautiful and like biking. And they're all tall, all tall, wearing their stilettos while biking. Like everyone looks really put together and like cute while biking. And I looked like an absolute troll, (laughs) like in (laughs) sweating. Were you the smallest person in Copenhagen while you were there? Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. I also had a kid's pink bike because they didn't have a bike (laughs) that would fit me. I went to the bike rental shop and the guy (laughs) was like, he was just really trying to find an adult bike that would fit me. And then he was like, you're going to have to use this pink bike because you know, Copenhagen, <laughs> and I was like, "Yeah, everyone here is." Hey, you probably got a good deal. At for least five ten. Yeah, yeah. Yvonne fit in pretty well because she's pretty tall for a lady. But I was just like, they're like Jew, Jew. We actually had this l- old lady who we become friends with, like, come up to us, and she's like, "Are you Jewish?" Oh my god. And she's she was like converting, and she like kept on trying to get us to go to the. But they Habla have house. quite the Jewish museum as well. Yes. Then they have a very old synagogue right in the middle, yes. which I think is where the Jewish museum is. Yeah, the um, they the Danes did a lot during the Holocaust, which is pretty cool. Yeah, I would say also, like Copenhagen is a cool place to visit, but you're going there; it's the food destination of Europe. I can safely say that. Like Noma, put I mean Copenhagen was not no one came to Copenhagen before Noma. And then, you know, for food. But now it's like... It's blown up. It's blown up. And like, I think five of the top 100 restaurants in the world are there now, including Noma, Geranium, Relay, 108 is there now. Mm -hmm. And then they have Cadal. And there's this new place, the Alchemist. Oh, what's that? And there's a mass. Oh, a mass. That's what I was thinking about. So basically, Noma has all these offshoots. Like, Relay is an offshoot. Geranium, I think, is an offshoot. Um... A mass is an offshoot. So all these like amazing chefs that started at Noma have branched out 
and they just keep branching out and branching out Sanchez, all these places, and they're, it's just so great. I feel like Copenhagen sometimes is like the hipster's paradise. Yeah. Like there's all there's like, there's like a craft cocktail bar uh, like in a li- like underground like every corner you don't even know about it until you've been there for a while like it it fostered my love of licorice. Yes. <laughs> yes. Okay, so explain to the people licorice. Okay, licorice is not a twizzler. No. Fuck no. Black licorice mm. is not sweet. No. But you will crave it once you develop a taste for it. It's salty. It's bitter. You think you're not going to like it, and your body tries to reject it because it thinks it's poison. But once you get used to it, it is so delicious. Yes. And I'm addicted to it. And Jason and Yvonne are very generous and gracious, and they brought me back two bags. We had to draw up. <laughs> they hooked me up, seriously. They brought me back two bags of licorice from Copenhagen, and I keep eating way too much of it too fast and making myself sick. But... It's like saltier than any kind of salty flavor you can imagine. Like even saltier than straight up salt. I don't even know how that's possible, but it is. So they have so they so that's like the traditional super salty. They also have like some sweet ones that are not like a traditional American licorice. Like nothing is red there. Everything's black. It's black. But they do like there's a famous place now called Joseph Barlow and he makes the licorices, the lacrids. Mm-hmm. Um so those that's the brand we always get, but then like the store sells yeah, licorice every, too. Every store, like 7-Eleven. Also, the 7-Elevens in Copenhagen are so dope. Yeah. They're so fun, so nice. They're, they have great hot dogs. Great hot dogs. Great taquitos. So that's the other thing, like the hot dog scene. Hot dog scene Fantastic. is really strong. Fantastic. Like you, what I like there is they have a hot dog that you put in a, it's almost like a baguette. It yeah. doesn't have a hole on the other side. It's so, like the butt of a baguette. Yeah, it's like... Yeah, the anus of a baguette. <laughs> <laughs> and you just put your hot dog dick inside oh the anus. God, it doesn't go geez. all the way through. You fill it with mustard, and it just it's super phallic looking. But it's delicious. Do you know what condiment is really good that I haven't found outside of Copenhagen? It looks like rumulade, but it's pronounced rumulel. Yeah, it's like it man. It's like mayonnaise with like little pickles in it. <laughs> yeah, see, I don't deal with mayonnaise. Oh yeah, I forgot you don't you don't mess with. I'm a that. weird. I'm a weird no mayonnaise man. Um, so I think you're dead on. Like, if you're there for three days, you need to explore like on foot. Yes, you, or you, rent a bike. Well, there's no there's no cars. There's no way you can get a car in Copenhagen. You can, but it's uh, it's not worth it. It's so no, expensive. Yeah, yeah. The gas is so expensive. Yeah, we rented a car one time to go to Helsinor Castle. Okay, that's a little different. You were going but outside. But if I were city. to do yeah. it again, I would, I would, you can take the train up there. There's so many forms of public transportation. It puts the United States to absolute shame. The metro is so easy. Yeah. Oh, the metro. Uh, so first of all, when you fly in there, don't get a cab. Take the metro straight downtown. It's like $5 and it literally takes 20 minutes. And yeah. it, you're right there and it's, it. The metro is unbelievable. The train is also extremely easy and really fast. Also, I took the bus a lot, which was also really easy and fast. Everything runs like to the second. Yeah, everything is always on time. Also, nobody jaywalks. Like, I feel like everyone in Copenhagen is just a law-abiding citizen, and no one messes with it. It's really nice. And the other nice thing is just they don't... You know when you go in a store here... 
and people like are judging you, like are, are they going to steal something? Like you always feel like you're being watched mm-hmm. in America. In Copenhagen, they trust you. So if you go yeah. in a store, well, like, I think it's a cool. great example of that is people are so trusting of each other that women actually leave their babies outside in bassinets when they go into a restaurant or a coffee shop. So there's like a line of babies in in strollers just hanging outside and like nobody messes with them. And I in America that would be like absolutely bonkers. Yeah, they so there was a, there's a story about this Danish couple who did that in New York. Like they came over and did it for like 2 minutes and then like someone had like called the police and they had like a huge ordeal over it. Yeah. In Copenhagen you can just leave your infant child outside of a coffee shop for an hour and yeah. no one's going to say anything because there's a line of other infants outside yeah, too. Yeah, and people are just they're just awesome. So yeah, I would go. I'd walk around. I would I know, I, I didn't mention Tivoli. Oh my god, how could we not? You have to go to Tivoli. You have but to. I would say that it's no, you something have to. Yeah, I mean It's worth it yeah. just cuz they have the soft serve licorice yeah, ice cream which there. Which I didn't get which cuz I was not aware that it was there. It's and the I only had, place they serve but it. But I did have churros on multiple occasions at Tivoli and they were really good. So Tivoli is like It's the world's oldest amusement park. It's the, it's the world's oldest amusement park, but it's also like it's like the classiest ass place you've ever been. It has gardens. Um, they they decorate per season. So like in the, in winter, like they have a whole winter Christmas market. It's so yeah. beautiful during Christmas time. A Halloween, they really deck it out over there. It's so cool. Yeah, we were just there during Easter, and it was you know Easter everywhere. But they like the rides in there are just like they're classic rides they're like from the early 1900s but they're just they, they just don't make them like that they're so well built and like you know they it's it's going for like a true thrill like not by how high can this roller coaster be or how fast it can go like it's really thoughtful in its design like it'll go dark in a circle and like up and down in a way that like you're not going that high but you feel like you're going higher than you are yeah just like well designed Amazing, like people are the nicest ever. You have to go to Tivoli. So if I would so what I would do, flying to Copenhagen, I would stay two nights. If you had to go like for a long weekend, you gotta stay two nights. One of those nights you have to go to a nice restaurant. So if you can get to Noma or get to Relay or get to a mass, like you gotta you gotta make a reservation, you know, a couple months out, especially if you're trying to get to Noma, like you might have to plan your whole vacation around yeah. that. But I would do that for one night. And then the other night I would go like to a, not a higher end place. I just, I missed something as well. Just keep going. Yeah. But I would, I would go to like the uh, meat packing district and like go hang out there and get a meal or go to one of the cocktail bars you were mentioning. Like we really like Lidcub. I've never been there. Which was like awesome place. Well, in the meatpacking district is also the original McKellar and Friends. Um, you might've seen McKellar beer. It's like, they also have like an offshoot production site in San Diego. Um, so that's their original tap room is very cool. Um, and that's I've in, never been there. That's invest. In that's Investabro, the meatpacking district. Yeah. But the thing that I didn't mention that I should have mentioned is Christiania. Oh yeah. Which is a hippie hippie commune inside of the neighborhood Christianstown, which is they've actually. Okay, I don't know if this is actually true or not, but the legend goes is that they're not even a part of the EU. So there's no rules technically in Christiania. They're technically self-governed, but self-governed. it's not really I mean, it's police the Copenhagen yeah. police technically like can't come on that 
land because it's not a part of. Yeah, I don't know if that's one hundred percent true, but they basically let them do what they want. Yeah, they just kind of turn up, turn around. So no one owns land there; it's all owned by the commune. Like if you move in there, you stay your place, and when you leave, you give it to somebody else. So like certain drugs are legal. Marijuana. You can get it any like anywhere. There's little kiosks. You yeah. can you can go. They have a lot of concerts out there. They have it's really fun. Um, it's a little bit. It's not the cleanest place you've ever been, but that's fine. Yeah, if it's, you're it's if you're fun. into it's like fun to see, lots of street art, lots of like yeah. sp- like um, sculptures and stuff. I'm trying like to that. think of like a place like that in the U.S. There's like I guess parts of New York, maybe. Um, What's the place in London that's like that where Amy Winehouse used to live? Mm, I can't. Okay. Uh, I can't. Uh, I know what you're talking about, but I but don't know. yeah. So if you're into hippie stuff, it's cool. Like I went there once. I'm like, yeah. There's uh, you, Jews aren't. It's not meant for a Jew over here. <laughs> <laughs> we are law-abiding citizens. Yeah. It's like there's no laws here. No, thank you. There, well, the three we created the Ten Commandments. The, they say there's three rules in Christiania, which are no pictures, no running, and have fun. Yeah. And so you're not supposed to run because for some reason it like it spooks the residents into thinking that there's like a police raid of some kind. And so you can't run and you can't take a photo of anything. And one time Eric actually tried to take a photo and someone came up to him and they actually yelled at him and had to and were like, I'm going to watch you delete that. And he was like, all right, I'll do it. And they were like, do it right in front of me. And he was like, "Okay, okay." Oh, God. (laughs) Yeah. I feel bad that they yelled at Eric, man. <laughs> Love Eric. Don't yell at my Eric. It's rude. Sweet, sweet Eric. Sweet, sweet Eric. Uh, anything else you want to say about Copenhagen other than it's magical? If and you want to go, visit? hit me up. I have a Word document full of things to do. We could probably do a mashup Word document of activities since there's places that you went that I didn't go and yeah. vice versa. So we should really collaborate on the ultimate guide to Copenhagen for the uh, modern American Jew. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's a book if, we're if you write. go to Copenhagen and, and you don't reach out to me or, or Olivia, I'll be absolutely offended. Uh, you're just fucking missing out and you should feel ashamed. The end. <laughs> and that's the end of the podcast. <laughs> <laughs> okay. So everyone go visit Copenhagen. Not sponsored by uh, Copenhagen.com. Copenhagentourism.eu. <laughs> but should be. Um, okay. Our next thing. So we were talking that we were going to Blue Hill. And you're the only person I know that's also been to Blue Hill at Stone Barns. Mm-hmm. Um, Dan Barber's number 12, currently number 12 restaurant in the world. Uh, I think deserves higher. Fucking fantastic place. Like magical. Uh, so basically describe to, and we haven't talked about this. We haven't, we went in March. Uh, we haven't talked about it on the pod yet. Oh. Because I was saving it for oh. you. So explain. To the people, like, just give an overview of kind of the concept, because it's more than a restaurant. It is more than a restaurant. It's absolutely an experience. Um, Blue Hill at Stone Barns is in upstate New York. Um, I went at an appropriate hour. Jason had a reservation at, like, 10 p.m. Yeah, it's the only reservation we could get. We had a reservation at, like, 5.30 or so. Way better. The meal takes at least three hours. At least. So we got there. It was still light out. We got to walk around the gardens area. It is a beautiful place. They have a lot of weddings there. It is just, it's like, so it's, it's, it's fairy tale. It's upstate, but it's like 45 minutes from New York. Yeah. It's, from the city. Yeah. It's 
not far from Manhattan. You can take an Uber. You can take. You, you can, can take, take a train. Yeah, right? we took the train there, yeah. but it wasn't running when we came back. But we, yeah. it was a thirty-minute Uber ride back at two thirty a.m. when there was no cars out. Yeah. So everything is so fresh. It's like probably picked that day. Um, we went in the spring, the end of spring. Um, say beginning of June. So I had a little bit of a different meal. Yeah. Um, just because of what's in season. But the dining room is just beautiful. And every aspect of every dish is explained to you in depth. And of what went into harvesting that fruit, vegetable, meat, dairy, whatever. Everything is so hands-on and made on site that they just have a story for everything. Um, and that's something that I really love and I like to hear and I know some people are more like, eh, just give me the food and let me shovel it down. But this is a place where you come to hear about what's being harvested in what way. And just like really, it's, I think it's mostly about just like being respectful of everything that the land has to offer. Yeah. So Dan Barber basically, he has this farm in Massachusetts, which is even bigger than the one in New York. But New York's really a learning farm so people go there to to learn how to mm-hmm. farm learn how to make sustainable products barber's known best for like basically engineering and he doesn't call it engineering because basically all seed growing is like you find the best plan and you like try to reproduce it so he's yeah. basically taking that to the next level like i want to make like the genetic best crossbreeding squash. yeah i want to make the best squash the most tasteful squash i want to make a lot um, of it is about yeah, making the tastiest thing yeah. and the and also the most nutritious version of that food. Yeah, and a way that it can be sustainably reproduced. Yes. So he has his own wheat. He has his own... Like, he's most famous for his squash um, and his wheat. And he's also um, beets. He had, like, just come out with these beets when we were there. So everything is, like, he's kind of had his hands in. Also, not 100% of what you eat is from the farm, but 99% of it, like we had a scallop that obviously wasn't from mm-hmm. the farm, but like pretty much everything else is from the farm in New York or the farm in Massachusetts. So, and it was probably picked like the, they're probably one of their most famous dishes is their first one that mm-hmm. is the same, which is yes. basically freshly picked vegetables that they put on these bites and serve it to you. And it's just like what they had that day. Um, yeah, it's pretty unbelievable. Um, the way that you can showcase something simply, but because it's the best version of that thing, it just tastes so much better. Um, so the dinner is like about 30 courses, I'd yeah. say. I mean, you... And this one, like, of all the places we've been, like, this one we felt the most full after. Yes. Like, we couldn't eat. Like, we were dying. That One of the last courses is their sourdough bread that they serve with... Um, butter and also lard and lard is making a comeback seriously um as a spread but um i wanted to eat so much of this bread but i physically couldn't fit it inside of my body and (laughs) yeah see this is when it starts to be how tall are you five foot two two, and you weigh like 34 pounds yeah 35 35 pounds so like sucks to be you at blue (laughs) hill i just (laughs) they need like a kid's meal version well i mean the, it's 30 courses and none of them are big, but after like 30 bites of like delicious... Some of them at the end were pretty big. They were getting bigger and bigger. And also, 
they make their own kombucha in-house. And so I obviously was very interested in this. And I gave Dan Barber an updog sticker and I was so starstruck. And I was like, maybe we could collaborate someday. And he was like, that'd be great. We'd love to try your kombucha. And I was like, all right. Wow. <laughs> See, we, so they have like a part of the meal where they take you to like a different station. Mm-hmm. So some people go into the kitchen. Some people go into the wheat some people go where, like, there's a grill. We got taken to where they make the bread, and we didn't go to the We were in the kitchen. kitchen which I kind of wish we would have asked to go mm-hmm. because that's where Dan Barber is, and we could have, like, yeah. saw him, and, and that would have been exciting. The cool, so the coolest thing, you know, we at this point, Yvonne and I have been to a lot of these places, and we're just, you know, old hads. But um, what stood out to me... Like this was one of this was a top three meal that we've had. What stood out to me was like not only did the meal change every day, like it changed like during the actual sitting yeah. by what they had. Like the people next to us were getting different things than what we were getting. Um, just like if they only had enough stuff to make like three squash burrata, they were only making three squash burrata. And like the people next to us got quail and we got beef and they just like changed it up like mid meal and the way the lady described it to us she's like they have like an idea of what they're going to do and there might be like 50 dishes out of the 30 that you get and it's just kind of like every day it's changing like there's just iterations all the time and I think that's like I've never been to a place that they're doing it on the fly yeah like some some places they'll change it every day but you're still getting like everybody at that sitting is getting the same thing. So yeah, they might change the dish every day, but like everyone's getting that dish here. It's like, not only are they change it every day, like every changing person. Changing it mid-service. <laughs> and that's kind of their thing. Like, they, so when you start, they give you, they show you like this, this sheet of what you're like, how they're going to write out what you did. And at the end they give it to you, like with everybody writing all these crazy things on it, along with the menu. That's like 12 pages long of everything that you had. Um, but I thought that was like, and, and to pull it off, like, it's hard to pull off something and make every dish amazing. And you're changing it up all the time. Like, it's easy to have a miss or two. And there's some places we've been where there's been a miss or two. Like, French Laundry kind of does the same thing. Except, you know, the, like, they'll kind of change it up. But there was some misses on there. Um, this and, had no misses. And not only is the food obviously just incredible, but the service was impeccable yeah in my opinion Top, yeah the best um just any question you had about anything you could ask a you know a back waiter and they're an expert on what's going on yeah not you know nothing took too long no one came too quickly everything was timed so well and just everyone there was so nice I just think it was it was one of the best yeah they like went so above and beyond so their printer had broken um, when we were there, so they're like, we'll email you the menu tomorrow. And I was like, okay, that would be awesome. But not only did they email it to us, they mailed us overnighted FedExed oh my God. us the menu, wow. like printed out because they printed out like their nice paper. So, and we told them like, you know, we framed some of our menus and we want to like keep it. And they like overnighted it to us the next day, which was something like, that is so kind. They didn't like some places would have said they were going to do it and like forgot about it. 
but not at Blue Hill. They have you been to Blue Hill in Manhattan? I've not been to the Manhattan Blue Hill. I have, have been you? twice. Oh, so tell us the differences. Um, I went. It was years ago, so I, I don't remember that much. I mean, it's a very, it's a small restaurant in Manhattan. So it's a one Michelin star. In, yeah, uh, I mean, it was Manhattan. it was delicious. And they do like a five course tasting there. I don't think we did a tasting when I was there. Maybe we did, but it was the first place I ever had a kale chip. And this was before kale was popular. So you heard it here first. Blue Hill in Manhattan had made kale chips. kale chips popular. I I must have been 13 years old. Wow. Maybe. Fancy. Yeah. Your, your parents took you to nice places. The nice place we ever oh, went yeah. was to Olive Garden. <laughs> I know you love Olive Garden. <laughs> My parents are amazing, but also very into the food scene themselves. So yeah. Um, and you went to Blue Hill for your graduation present, right? My graduation slash birthday. Yeah. yeah. I mean, that's an awesome... Yeah. Like, what a freaking great birthday yeah. present. Okay. Right. So do you remember some dishes you had at Blue Hill, and what were your favorite ones? There were so many. There were so many. Um, my favorite... One of my favorite uh, dishes was actually when we went into the kitchen, and we were standing kind of near, like the Garmanger line, so, like, where salads and stuff were being made, so we were watching that happen, but they brought over the Dan Barber wheat brioche and then ricotta that had been made that morning, Um, and it was just so fresh. Like, never had ricotta like this in my life. Like, just literally was milk just that morning, and now ricotta. 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 And that's ricotta. So I, I I think you had this at the very end too, but they bring out this cherry chocolate yes. barber bread. Yes, yes. That's like the best bread you've ever had and it's cherry and chocolate. And it's just, it's the last thing you have and you just like, you're so full. And you're like, okay, but roll, you can't roll stop. me out of here. You can't yeah. stop. You, ha- you had to eat the whole thing. That was so good. My favorite dish, um, I think I talked about I this. I should have taken pod, notes. But... That's why we started the blog, so we could have permanent notes. I don't know why I didn't. So they, notes. so they took this hen, and oh, they fed I knew you were it. Gonna say this they one. fed it like peppers, so that the yolk would turn red and have a peppery taste. And it was kind of the whole thing they kind of explained was like you are what you eat. So they played this game where they brought out a regular hen egg and then this pepper egg, and then they let you pick. So like if you had a big table. Like, it was more fun. For us, it was like, there was only two of us, so mm-hmm. Yvonne got to pick which Ed she wanted. I got the other one, and they marked it. And I actually got the red pepper hen egg. So we, we ended up splitting it, but it was so good. Like, it was the best egg you've ever had. Plus, like, it just had this nice, like, little pepper taste, and it came out red, and they served it with, like, this little bit of cheese, and it was in grains. And it was, I, I like, when they brought it out, I was like, it's an egg. <laughs> it's but, just an egg. But so fucking amazing. Like, just incredible. Yeah. Incredible. I can't even eat ads. I go to LinkedIn's. I'm like, take the ads off. I can't have it. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I love LinkedIn's. Um, I just had the uh, Civil Union right before this. Hell yeah, you did. Is that the one with the, uh, the, with the pork? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And that arugula on top. Yeah. That's uh, Courtney's favorite, she told yeah, me. It is very, it's very good. Um, it's like a pork wiener schnitzel. What else do we have? Like everything, 
So the first like 10 courses are like small bites and they're like bringing them out. Like it's a freaking it's a end carnival. of the world. Yeah. yeah. It's like every two <laughs> seconds. And I love that. Like that's. They hit I, you. They hit you fast right in the beginning. Like, so it's like a Jim Sum restaurant. Yeah. It's like, it's like you're here. Boom, 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 boom. Like here's some. Uh, the tempo of the meal is interesting yeah. like that. I thought. Yeah. They also so, had interesting beverage options. Yeah. They had, they had an awesome, awesome cocktail list that was shaped. So they gave you a map of the restaurant and that was the cocktail. So they had like a barn cocktail and they had a field cocktail and they had a hen, like a aviary cocktail and all this stuff. And they had a bunch of non-alcoholic cocktails and I basically tried every single one. I had a few of those too. Um, we, we're both fans of the mocktail. Yeah. So yeah, Yeah. they had a lot of good unique types of iced tea cocktails. Um, and I I bet they were different in the summer because it was definitely, you know, we were there was cold. I had some that like I know included chamomile, some that included some green teas that speaking of chamomile, mm-hmm. this half moon blueberry chamomile updod. Oh, well, oh, he's drinking it right it. now. Gulp, gulp, gulp. <sighs> updod. Yeah. <laughs> so good. So and I don't remember the price of the meal. It's expensive. Yes. It's like you're walking it's like a thousand dollars for two people once you're walking out there. But it's did you do a wine pairing? No. We, we so we kind of like we generally stay away from wine pairings. Because you're too drunk by the end of the meal. Yeah, it's just, I don't want... It a, numbs your taste a, buds. A, I'm not a big drinker. Yeah. So I don't, I don't, I just can't consume all that. And yeah, I just feel like it ta- I'm there for the food. Yeah. And, you know, people who love wine, like, I totally get it. Because you're getting, like, it's cool how they thoughtfully pair these wines with the dishes that you're having to supplement the flavors and stuff. Like, I totally get that. It's just not my thing. I, so I we, agree with that. So we like. So we love a mocktail. Yeah, Yvonne has gotten a couple of. Every once in a while, she'll do one. I will do a juice pairing. So some mm-hmm. places will have a juice pairing, and I'll do that. But I'll stay away from the, I, the wine. I agree because you will like they serve you ten plus glasses. I also feel like I don't necessarily care to be inebriated while I'm at these places because I want to experience everything with like a full conscious mind. Yeah. And like have my wits about me and like, you know, like in a good way so I can experience everything and be present rather than like feeling kind of weird and tipsy and not myself. Yeah. hundred percent. And like, and you want to take it all in because there's so much happening, like especially at Blue Hill, like you're basically in this old barn. You can look outside. You can, there's so much activity with the servers and the kitchen and Mm -hmm. the barbecue and it's just so much everything happening. Everything. It's bustling. Yeah. It's like, it, 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 it's like a beehive. <laughs> kind of. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Anything else you want to say about Blue Hill before we talk about an even better um, restaurant? <laughs> no, that's it about Blue Hill, but what an amazing experience. Deserves to be higher than number 12. Yeah, I think so. Like I would put it, I mean, I haven't been to all the top 10 restaurants. Yeah, I, I say that as if I've been to any other of the top restaurants. I mean, we've been to like six of them. <laughs> but okay. I would put it like, for me, it's right behind Noma. We did just go to El Salvador de Canaroca, and that was pretty fucking amazing too. So I would put like those neck and neck. Like it could definitely easily be in the top five. I was, it was way better than 11 Madison Park. 
Like I would go to Blue Hill 10 times yeah. out of 10 times over Lynn Madison Park. Um, well, that was hoity toity. Let's get to, <laughs> let's get, let's get to some Someone, real. Someone's elitist over here. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I would go there over. Yeah. Um, Let's talk about Hawkers, the real winner of this week. Oh, boy. So this was we've been trying like the way Yvonne and I work. So we're buying a house. I don't know. We announced that a couple pods ago. We're moving to Rock Hill, South Carolina, where my office is. Don't worry, people. The pod, everything's going to continue. We're not moving to the boondocks. It's 20 minutes away. Everything will continue as it's normal. It's the Charlotte metro area. Yeah. I work in Rock Hill every day, so it's just better for me. And actually, you'll probably get more content because mm, you won't be on the I won't road be on so the car much. as much. Exactly. Um, so fret not. Um, so, but we're so busy right now because we just came back from Scotland. So we had planned a dinner like two months out and, and Olivia is very busy too. I mean, she's running a kombucha empire. (laughs) So we had this plan and we haven't been to Hawkers yet. We purposely gave them like four months to, and that's what we're trying to do with new restaurants is like, we we don't want to go there right away because it just takes time for a restaurant to find the groove, find the groove, um, and if you go like the first week, you can get it can be hit or miss. And we're try, we're also trying to like before we do a review now, like actually go a couple times, so that we can give a proper fair review. Yeah. So that being said, <laughs> uh, you had been to Hawkers before. Yes. So. So what was your made, thoughts the first time? We made me and Jason and Yvonne put in the calendar. A month and a half before we wanted to go, we had it in the calendar. Yep. But in that time, my parents visited me. They were like, where should we go? And they, we had walked by Hawkers a few times, and they were like, let's try it out. And I was like, okay, at least this way I can try it out before we go, and I can... You took copious notes. You're I took a copious notes. notes taker. I took copious notes, and th- I was like, okay, this way when I go with the pugs... AKA Scallion Pancake, AKA Jason and Yvonne, <laughs> I can prep them on my thoughts and what to order. And you, you know, you always got to go with someone who orders right because if you go with someone who orders wrong, it's a big no no. Uh, so, yeah. have you ever been with someone who just orders oh, wrong? Yeah, like, so I normally do all the ordering because I, there's very few things that I am. I'm hairy, I'm Jewish, uh, not athletic, <laughs> but I can order well. Okay. That is one of my yeah. talents. Yeah. Um, so. So. You. You got to be with someone. Yeah. Who knows what's going on. Yeah. So I went with my parents. I had a delicious cocktail. Yeah. And I did hear from a couple people that the cocktails were very good. The cocktail was good. Everything after that was not so good. Um, with your parents. With my parents. Some things were bigger hits than others. For example, the roti canai. I'm yes. sorry if I butcher that, but. It's basically roti um, with a little kind of like Malaysian curry that you can dip the roti in. That was really that, good. In my opinion, was the star of the show. And I insisted that we order it again um, when I went with Jason and Yvonne because it was that good. Um, almost every other thing I ordered with my parents, I said, we can't order this because <laughs> I didn't think, I mean, it wasn't really, I just didn't think it was exceptional. Yeah. And at least I was like, okay, at least I've tried these things. And now I know and we've gotten them out of the way so we don't make the mistake and order them again. And so we can try other things and hopefully they're better. Maybe I ordered wrong the first time. Yeah. Which I should have known. I never order wrong. <laughs> <laughs> that, w- that, should, that would that be... That was my first red flag. That I'm would be always your, uh, right. That would be your um, 
housewife's tagline. I I should have <laughs> known I never order wrong. <laughs> I should have known I never order wrong. <laughs> um, so let's just start from the beginning. We sit down. Okay, I'll I'll start with the, the decor of, is cool. The it, decor, it has a cool vibe. The in decor there. is Instagram forward. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> but it feels like it feels like hip place. They've done a good job on the decor. I will give them that. Like it feels like you're in a hip Asian street market. Yeah, so it feels I'll, like you're in you're at Hawkers. Yeah. In where do they have Hawkers? Philippines? I don't know. Somewhere. You should have watched Street Food on Netflix. They'll uh, tell you about Hawkers. Oh shit! I'm, I'm like a couple episodes. I believe in. it's in the Philippines. Um. Okay, so we ordered drinks. Yeah. Jason and Yvonne get a Thai iced tea, which is a bold move considering they're really sweet and thick. <laughs> Eric gets yeah. a water. Classic Eric. Classic Eric. I... Eric, when I eat with Eric... I, I can't eat with Eric anymore because he's, he's so fit and like... He's like, I'll take a water and uh, a salad with no dressing and one <laughs> leaf of lettuce. Thank you. <laughs> but he, he ate this meal. Yeah, yeah. So, which included a lot of fried things. So I order, I look at the menu. I see that they have multiple different kinds of iced teas. Yeah. I love iced tea. So I was like, I'm an, I'd like this iced tea. And the server looked at me like I had no clue what I was talking about. And I was like, see here on the menu and like pointed to it. And he was like, oh, okay. And I was like, actually, it doesn't say iced. Like, is this iced or is it hot? If it's hot, can I have it iced? Like, yeah. Normal questions to ask, like does, a this normal come, question. does this come in a teapot or is it pre-made? Yeah. Like, I just wanted to know if it was hot or iced. And he was like, uh, it comes in a can. And I was like, all right, I'm open to it. And Jason was trying to kind of comfort me. And he was like, that happens in Japan a lot. This seems authentic. Yeah. And I was like, okay. It is. They, they, ha- yeah. they serve stuff in cans there. Yeah. And I was like, you know what? You're right. I'm going to have iced tea out of a can and it's probably going to be good. So drinks get delivered. I get a cup with ice, no can. Yeah. And we also have no napkins, by the way. So we get our first meat. We get our first dish. It's the fried chicken skins. Yeah. They're fine. They're fine. They're, they're, they're not good. The ramekin is plastic. Like, okay, so I would just describe all the food here as like... Fine. Like, <laughs> shitty Chinese food. Like, I was, yeah, you like to eat it, but like it felt like I was at a Chinese restaurant. Like, the fried rice f- tasted like that. It just... It just seemed like overcooked, over-oiled, and over-fried everything. Yeah. So we've gotten our first dish already. I still don't have my iced tea, but I have a cup with ice in it. Yeah. It's melting fast. My, my ice is melting fast. I'm getting nervous. I We talked to the waiter. He's like, oh, yeah, got to go get that. Then he goes to get the can. He brings it back, and he like tries to like, kind of like blame the problem on the bar, like the bartenders. Yeah. And I was like, dude, like it, it doesn't matter whose fault it is. It's your table. It's your ticket. Take responsibility for it. And he did. I mean, I didn't say that, but he did comp the drink without us even saying anything, which was very yeah. nice of him. And I appreciated. Yes. Um, the iced tea was good. Okay, good. It was a chamomile ice, green tea iced good. tea, and I enjoyed that. So perfect. Um, was yeah the, the service? Night? Okay, the service was terrible. Like. They just didn't seem like they wanted to be there. No one smiled in they, the entire time were we were there. They were so s- sad. And it's not like he was like he was attentive, but there were some things like he came, your tea didn't come out, 
he came back and he's like, what did you guys order again? Like, did I write it all down? And thank God you had written it all down. Yeah. I, first of all, Yvonne and I were like, what? Is she writing all this stuff down. She, she You fucking knew. You I had knew. to. Yeah. <laughs> and then, so they brought it, we ordered fried rice. They brought it out. We ordered a kimchi fried rice first order. There's yeah. no kimchi in it, but we eat it anyway. <laughs> yeah. It wasn't terrible. And then they bring, another lady comes out with kimchi fried rice and we look down, and she's she's like, this is kimchi fried rice. And we're like, oh, we already have this. And she's like, looks at the one we have, and she's like, that doesn't look right, and then just walks away. And we're like, that's not what you, <laughs> what you say to a customer. Yeah, and then like... But also, in the way she said it, she acted like we were the ones who were wrong. And we were yeah. like, we were like, we're currently eating this thing, and you can see us eating it. And yeah. she was like, oh. And, and <laughs> Made us feel like and, we shouldn't and I continue mean, eating. I know not every place you can have standards for fine dining i get that but there's no reason to first of all throw food down on the table and not even say what it is or second of all this is the part that drove me absolutely bonkers is that this place is shared plates every they suggest sharing plates that's the first thing they tell you when you walk in yet when they bring food they the person comes and says like I have a kimchi fried rice and like looks around absently at like every single person at the table as if yeah, we're not put sharing it in it. the middle. You work here. You should know that these are all <laughs> shared plates. Yeah. It's like they never talked to like, it's like it was everyone's first day. It, it seemed like it was everyone's first day, but like the place is shared plates. They tell you it's shared plates. And then when you receive the meal or like one of the dishes, they act like someone individual ordered it when on the ticket, Obviously, it's it says for the table because it's implied it's for the table because it's a table restaurant. I just thought that was so weird. Yeah, it's another thing is that uh, we were eating like a green papaya salad or something, and then now for the second time, someone comes over with a dish we've already had in our currently eating, and it's our server, and he's like, "Oh, I have this for you on the house." And we were like, okay, well, we're eating that already right now. <laughs> and he was like, oh, well, the chef, the chef wants you to wave to him. Yeah. And we were all like, what? And then he was like, yeah, go w- wave to the chef, wave to the chef. And we were like, this is so weird. But Yvonne did it. <laughs> she took one for the team. She waved to the chef. Yeah. And the, like, it wasn't even the chef. It was like the expediter like turned around. I don't around. think he worked there. It was like, it, he was just, just waving. Some guy, like Eric was convinced that someone from the kitchen knew who you were and knew that you were going to write a blog post or like knew you were some kind of influencers in the city. <laughs> and then, yeah, and, I was then like, he, no fucking and then he decided to comp something on the house, something we already are eating, literally eating in that moment. And then got nervous because he found out about Jason and Yvonne's fame. Yeah. None of this was true because if I don't they know. actually knew us, they would have, Hopefully. Well, after that, all the ramekins were metal and not plastic. So so I think they stepped up the game once they knew who you were. I don't think they knew who we were. I think that uh, it was terrible. We're going to give it another shot before we write a definitive one-star review. Yeah, I mean, maybe we ordered wrong, but as we know. One out of five review. But uh, it's trending towards a one. There was another weird thing that happened. Oh, the bill. (laughs) (laughs) When the bill comes. Well, we, first of all, we're all still eating 
And he's like, okay, so what kind of checks are we doing? Like, are we yeah. doing four checks? It's and like, I'm like, we haven't even looked at dessert. Like, what if we want dessert? Yeah, we haven't looked at dessert. Also, we're still eating. And yeah. there's, oh, it's not like they're trying to kick us out of this place. Like, there's open tables. They're yeah. not like, get yeah, we out. had to wait a little yeah. bit, but at, at this point, it was like 8 p.m. on a Sunday. And yeah, there were open like, tables. Open they weren't tables. trying to kick us out. We were still eating and just trying to drop checks. And I'm like, okay, this is like, Waiter, like this is like service 101. Like, don't drop a check when people are still eating dinner and you have a dessert menu. They haven't looked at dessert, they haven't ordered a dessert. Like, why aren't you trying to sell a dessert? Um, so he was like, four checks, one check, two checks, and I was like, and then Jason and Eric said, like, oh, you can just like split it 50 50. But then, <laughs> then he turns to look at me because I I was the one who took notes and ordered everything. Yeah, you were the boss. I was the boss of the meal, and I was the alpha, clearly. Clearly. So we he were looks, all he looks at me sure. and says, well, she ordered everything. <laughs> yeah, I know. And I was like, everyone had the most confused look on their face, and I wanted to say, I was like, do I look like Daddy Warbucks? <laughs> like, I'm not paying for four people's meal. Also, yeah. He, ju- he also, made it seem like also, because we, you ordered it all that you should pay for it. And like, <laughs> is that, maybe that's what you would think if it was your first day in a restaurant ever. Like, but but Eric he, and I literally just said, also, just split it. They literally had just said, please split it 50 50. And then he said, but she ordered all of it <laughs> as if it was all for me. Yeah. And I, <laughs> and I was the benefactor of the group. <laughs> well, but it wasn't just that. He made it seem like, like you were wrong. You ordered it and therefore like you ate it all and therefore you should like, And then therefore I should pay it for just, it all. Yeah. It was strange. Like it was just a strange experience overall. The food, like if we would have had good the service, the food would have been mediocre, but the food was not good. Like it was not good. It wasn't terrible, but it also no, wasn't it's, good. everything's fried, over fried. The roti oil. can I was exceptional. The roti is the best. I agree. Yeah. The Thai tea was fine. The drinks were fine. I heard the cocktails were fine. The cocktail I got was good. So, it was very good. So, but. like, they've got some things going for it. They have a lot of not so thing, good things going for it. And then the service was, like, a negative 12. The server sounded like he had stepped outside and smoked a joint mid-service, <laughs> which is, like... I would say before service, mid-service, and after service. Yeah. He was just continually on he something. He was dueling, for he sure. Was, he was absolutely dueling. Yeah, so, that was a weird experience. We revived the experience with Jenny's afterwards. Thank God. Thank God for Jenny's. They have a licorice flavor right now at Jenny's. They do. And it's it called, is like licorice forward. It's called Noir d'Ivoire. It uh, has... Noir d'Ivoire. Noir d'Ivoire. When I said that... So Eric claims to not like licorice. Um, <laughs> and so I ordered the Noir d'Ivoire. And I told him, I was like, Eric, try this. And he was like, what is that? Foie gras? And I was like, yeah, it's foie gras. So he tried it and he was like, oh, this is actually really good. So unique. I like these dark chocolate chunks. What is that flavor? I've tasted this flavor. It tastes so good. And then once I told him it was licorice, he was like, he was like, ugh, I knew I didn't like it anyway. (laughs) And I was like, you're a phony. My Eric. I love him. (laughs) He's the best. He's a phony and he actually loves licorice. Jenny's, uh, Jenny's is good. Jenny's is legit. Um, did you see they have the sign up at Plaza at Park Road Shopping Center? I saw Center? that. Very exciting. But the South End one is much more convenient for me. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. You live right there. Um, so, yeah. Everyone should try Hawkers if they haven't been. Um, 
let us know what you think. Don't let our experience taint your experience. Yeah, but I'd love to know what your thoughts are. <laughs> <laughs> I'd love at to us. know. At like, us, bro. I'd uh, love to know your favorite dish. Please at us. Yeah, at us. Um, what else do we have to talk? Oh, Phil. Phil Rosenthal. Yes. Okay. So last thing. We saw Phil So from Somebody Feed Phil. Also Can't. from Everybody Loves Raymond. Yeah. So the producer, he's most famous... Producer and writer. Producer correct? and writer. He basically created the whole show of Everybody Loves Right Men. Made a shit ton of money. And then now he has this Netflix show, which has two seasons. And he had a PBS, so it's actually three seasons. Of The first one was I'll Have What Phil's Having on PBS. And then now it's Somebody Feed Phil. And he goes around the world. And he... Every episode is a different city. And he describes himself as Anthony Bourdain, but if he was scared of everything... so it's basically an anthony bourdain style show but it's much more like jewish dad humor it's so good and it's so good and and it just got signed up for two new seasons and he was in town he was doing like a press tour i was trying to figure out exactly why they did not publicize this thing well at all like it should have been packed like if they would have just like told the jewish community they would have come out like it was also at 4 p.m matinee show on like a saturday but they didn't they didn't like it, so, but what was cool about it, it was only super fans. So there were like 80 people and they were, everyone was a super fan of the show. And, uh, the Q so they showed the Teleview episode and then he took Q and a for like 45 minutes for a, yeah, I mean, for a while. As, as you mentioned, everyone there was already a super fan because you wouldn't have gone because they didn't market it. Well, if you weren't a super fan, you wouldn't have known about it. Yeah. So we all had seen this episode. Yeah, 100%. And then they played the episode in its entirety Yeah, at the show. And they, But they didn't tell you they were going to do that I beforehand. I thought Eric and I were under the impression that it was going to be stand-up. And we were like, wow, Phil's going to do stand-up? That's going to be hilarious. And I basically told you beforehand. And, I was and then like, we saw Jason and he said, oh, by the way, this is not stand-up. They're showing an episode of the show. And I thought it was just going to be like maybe a 20-minute clip. No, yeah, they showed they, 54 minutes of TV <laughs> that yeah. we had already seen on Netflix. Yeah, that everyone had already seen. It was kind of cool to watch the other one because, like, people laughed and, like... Yeah, it was, like, an audience experience. Yeah, so I liked it. Um, but then he came out, and uh, who's that guy who's just the Q&A person? I don't remember. He, uh, works at he wasn't the best, but but Phil was just so freaking amazing. and... Hilarious. Like, hilarious. And then he took audience questions for a long time. Then he stood there and took a picture with every single person who wanted a picture, Just which was so n- nice. The nicest guy. The and nicest guy. He's not any different than he is in the show. No. Like, he's he like, the same guy. And even he, but he, I thought he comes off as like being like, he's funny, but like a little edgy, which I like. Yeah. He was pushing the boundaries a little. Yeah. And he was like very candid, very like He's quick. Cool. Oh, very quick. You asked a fantastic question. Thank you. Which was that. do you like to filter fish? It was more like what's your honest and true opinion as a Jewish person? Yeah. What is your opinion on gefilte fish? And he went through an entire monologue of sound yes. kind of onomatopoeia, yeah. like he was like, okay, well, you open the jar, yeah, and then you turn it upside down, and it just goes like, <laughs> flop onto the plate. That was really good. Like, <laughs> just like flops onto the plate, and it's a disc of fish parts just stewing in this gelatinous liquid. Like, yeah, yeah I he was 
he was really funny, and the Q and A should have been longer because I would have listened to him talk all night. Yeah, so awesome. Um, just really cool. I so I I ended up like taking pictures for like ten people. Uh, <laughs> yours was blue, and then I talked to him, and then he's going to Noma in two weeks, and he's gonna we're gonna talk about it. Because he's never been to the vegetable season. Are you going to have him on the pod? (laughs) God, if I could have... (laughs) That would be a bid for Stallion Pancake if we could have Phil on the pod. I don't think he's uh, quite at our level yet. I don't know. know. You guys are getting famous. (laughs) Yeah, so maybe. But yeah, you know how you meet... Like every once in a while, you'll meet like some celebrity or like you'll go to like a sign or something or do one of these events and you're like, ugh, like... I wish I wouldn't have done that. Like he wasn't as cool or nice. Yeah. And, and then you like, have a bad taste in your mouth yeah. about the guy. But Phil was like, I want to hang out with him. Like I was talking to, um, shy from, uh, Yafo after. And he's like, cause he went to Yafo and he went to Midwood and then they took him to, uh, the Yolt together. So he spent like two solid meals with him. Yeah. And he's like, he was the nicest guy ever. Like, like amazing. So, I love Phil. That's all I have to we say. I just love Phil so much. He's he's the best. And I was so glad that you were going. Yeah. <laughs> I didn't know you were a super fan like we were. Well, I knew that you always refer to him as your dad. Yeah, he's my second dad. Um, but I uh yeah, I love Phil. And actually Eric got those tickets as Eric was looking for something to do over the weekend and he just happens to get emails from what is it, the comedy zone? Yeah. And so he saw this and he was like, Oh, Buying us tickets. I don't even care if you can go or not. I'm getting two. So, yeah, we, yeah. we love Phil. It was awesome. And, and you know, it worked out that there was only, like, there might not even been. No, they said they sold 80 tickets. So there were 80 people. Like, you know, that place fits 300. So yeah, it was intimate. So it was intimate. And the crowd was awesome. And everyone, like, it was it was super cool. I'm so glad I went. Uh, sorry Vaughn missed it. But I had a great time. Yeah. It, it was fun. And another fun thing is that when we got there, I barely even recognized Jason because he was so tan. <laughs> <laughs> See, during tax season, I get real white. And then uh, after tax season, you know, I come out of my slumber and I look up and I'm like, oh, the sun. It's nice out here. Yeah. It's fun. Yeah. He was looking so tan in there. I couldn't even, yeah. couldn't even see I've where I've got a little, like, and I am pretty white. I'm probably as white as I get, actually. Um. So, yeah. Okay, we have one other thing to do before the best thing we ate. You know, we'll do the best thing we ate first, and then oh I wrote I wrote a thing oh. for Updog. Um, Olivia was like, I want you to write an article on Updog. And I was like, you know what? Instead of writing an article, I'm going to write a one-act play, and I am a pentameter. Because it's hard to write a whole blog post about kombucha. Yeah. But... I thought we could do it in a fun way with a Shakespearean style play. So I did that and we will act it out. But first we'll do the best thing we ate this week. So what's the best okay. thing you ate? So I, the best thing I ate this week was made by yours truly. Oh. And me? Me. Oh. C'est moi. And what it, did you make? It was these um, pork meatballs. They were called. <laughs> Not kosher. <laughs> whatever <laughs> brothy meatballs paired with tiny pasta oh and it's a bon appetit recipe and it was so delicious it was these pork meatballs um and fennel and peas and snap peas um and herbs in there in this broth 
And so you kind of braise them. You get them crispy, and then you finish cooking them. You braise them in this broth. And then the pasta, you could use Israeli couscous or like fregola. Um, I used an Israeli couscous, and it was just so good. And it actually is one of those dishes that is actually better the next day because you oh. can let it sit in the broth. It was just it was really, really good. And I can send you that recipe if you're interested in making it. And it, it lasts a long time. That sounds amazing. And it was, it was easy. I love that. Yeah. So that was the best thing I ate this week, and it was made by me. Moi. Same oh, moi. Yeah. Okay. Yesterday I went to Yafo, and if you listened to the pod a couple of weeks ago, he said that he like has an off-menu item. You literally can't order. He told me that if I posted a picture of it and didn't write, like, this is not on the menu, do not ask for it, he would be upset. I didn't so, even see that post. Because I didn't post it because I didn't oh, want to. Okay. I didn't want to get people... You know, get people all agitated. But it, this is an exclusive for the Stallion Pancake pod listeners. So he, they have a schnitzel on the menu. Yes. But Midwood Smokehouse is that store. So he watched that store and gets a bun. He makes a schnitzel sandwich with slaw, and then he puts the spicy sugar on it. Mm. Then he puts the garlic, um, his tomb. garlic slaw, tomb on it. It's fucking incredible. It's like the best spicy chicken sandwich you've ever had, but like Israeli and like doesn't feel like they toss it in sauce. Like Toss it in that sauce. It was so freaking good. And uh, I was like begging him to put it on the menu. And then he, apparently he made it for his head sous chef of the night. And he was be- saying like, we got to put this on the menu. So you never know. It might show up on the menu at some point. But until then, uh, I'm the only person who can have it. So uh, so that's to be you guys. Well, but it sucks. was so incredible. But I would say like go there. You can get this straight up schnitzel. And you can kind of like back your way into this if you brought your own buns. Like you could do it. They also, I tried... Um, Shit, I don't remember what it's called, but it's basically a vegetarian dish that has fried eggplant. Sabi? Yeah, sabi. I make a version of that on well, my own. Uh, you haven't made it for me, but uh, it, it's in this racky Israeli dish, and it was so fucking good. Um, I love that. I, I actually I had two bites. I was going to eat more, but I brought the rest home for Yvonne because I just had a freaking sandwich. is sandwich. good. It was really good. So you don't think that Yafo is underrated. Eggplant and hard-boiled egg. Yafo is underrated. Like, it is good. They make everything in-house pretty much. Like, everything. So, go to Yafo. Okay, we're going to do this play and then we're going to get out of here. You ready? Um, Are you going to send it to me or are we going to look on this? I already sent it to you. Okay, well, sorry. Wait, did you? Yeah. I just tested it to you. Oh, oh, oh. I see. I see. Okay, so I wrote it so that Yvonne could play this too, but... Should I do an accent? Yeah. Oh, yeah. We have to do an accent. We're just going to go for it. You could, you be Margaret. Okay. And we'll just we'll just go for it. Okay, okay, this is set at a London bar in the past. My lady. My lord. I herald news not of your liking. Oh, lord. Tis Arthur. I'm afraid his health and temperament have turned. Alas, I have feared news for some fortnights. My Arthur, why doth your health forsake thee? Our love, in its spring and full of life, yet your good kilter stains the day. By Jove, may this be a test, for we shall not allow the king nor God to cometh between our brave souls. My William, tis the prognosis. Tis grim, my lady. <laughs> I don't know why this is Australian. I apologize. <laughs> His gut doth protest too much. The doctor, aged and wise, has not viewed nor heard of a case this vile and less of hope. My lady, my heart cries of sadness to bring such news to thee. 
Now Lady you Margaret begin to begins sob. to sob. <laughs> I'll be the bartender, too. Okay. Friends. <laughs> I suggest to thee a potion. Is this Cleveland from Family Guy? <laughs> <laughs> no, it's supposed to be Southern, but... Okay. From the Orient doth come. It's power, which is envy. It's magic, Merlin desires. Your lover, deep in sorrow, hope forsaken thee. Bring him to the brew pub, for his life is the stake. Tis the one last potion for your love the risk is worth. William scurries out of the bar to go and retrieve the ailing body of Arthur. Barkeep, this far east potion, of whose magic I doth hope, can save my lover's biome, and thus our future doth it has a name. The shaman that delivered... Sorry. <laughs> this is supposed to be in a southern accent. Oh. The shaman that delivered thy hath named the potion Kombucha of Japan its origin. Dearest Kombucha, may thy delivery to my lover a remedy for his sickness. So, once more, happiness doth cometh in our house and in our hearts. At, at this... <laughs> you read it. At this moment, Arthur is brought in on a stretcher, mumbling incoherently, William by his side. My Arthur. Tis grave. Barkeep, deliver thy potion. Doth he prefer mojito or doth he prefer hibiscus? <laughs> Give thee both, for only God knoweth the preference. The bartender drops in Arthur's mouth. Oh, <laughs> you didn't space this out. The bartender <laughs> drops in Arthur's mouth two drops yeah, of each bad. kombucha. With each drop, Arthur's body shakes dramatically. Up, my Arthur, my dog. Methinks his life has vanished. They begin to leave the bar with grave sadness. Then they hear a faint stirring. Halt that, friends. Tis Arthur. His soul has vanished not. Look, the butch's magic hath doth life brought back to thee. A great miracle upon the bar. A life doth saved. Oh, Arthur. My Margaret, what hath forsaken thee? A great miracle! Even St. Paul has shopped. The kombucha saved thee, my lover. In great debt I doth owe to thee. We must spread thy word to all of the powers of the bucha. For my life is one, yet I shall dedicate thy life to the health of mine countrymen. They shall all know the powers this potion doth undertake. A life together shared, full of love and full of drink, to save thine all from bacteria, our health we are sure to thank. They embrace and turns close. And thus, Arthur and Margaret spent the rest of their lives spreading the good word of kombucha, and a few years later, Updog Kombucha was born. The end. You're welcome. Okay, everyone have a good week. There are people waiting outside, so give us a quick... Um, first of all, you're going to be in Huga, so that's exciting. Oh, yeah, so we're currently recording this in Huga. We're going to be in two Huga co-working spaces available on Tap 2 members, uh, the Hill Street location and the Camp North End location. Which is awesome. And then tell us where we can find Updog Kombucha uh, You can find Updog. Go on updogkombucha.com, at Updog Kombucha, on Instagram, at Girl Who Cried Wolf, two Fs, no E. <laughs> and... and that's the ukulele. Oh, <laughs> thank you so much for coming. You're awesome. We're going to have you on with Courtney soon, and we're going to have a potpourri of topics. I was talking <laughs> oh with Courtney God. about this. A but you're awesome, and we love you, and everyone have a great week. Bye.